Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. We got death threats about you. Oh, good. That's good. That means we're getting somewhere. So there, there, uh, the fan, now that lady that uh-huh. you did the, um, that you looked at her body language. Okay, okay, wait, 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 hang on, hang on. Let me do an intro and then we'll, we'll do this. It's Tracy and I have what I know is going to be a fascinating interview here on Truth, Lies and Cover-Ups today. I got Jim Terry in the house. Now he's a private investigator and has done a lot of really cool stuff. So now, Jim, I was on your show, the, the Jim Terry TV and that is a you can see it jimterrytv.com or also it's an app on Roku. Now right. um it st- start out with what you just said <laughs> about death threats. So ever since you came on our show and we have a OTT platform. OTT is like Hulu or Netflix it can mm-hmm. be seen on jimterrytv.com or on Jim Terry uh, TV on the Roku app. Mm-hmm. My television and uh, podcast type show does not deal much in private investigating. I'm not big into true crime. We're not a true crime channel. Right. I'll talk about the cases that I've worked on. We also do football, professional wrestling, prank calls. We do everything. We have celebrities on the show. So I did a lot of celebrity cases as a private investigator. It was oh. one of my niches. So that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And I can get into those. So I'm a total open book. Yeah. We had you come on our show based on a case that I brought to national attention over a year ago involving a missing boy in the desert named Dylan Rounds. We had you come on and do the body language and be the body language expert because you came to us heavily recommended by a lot of different people, especially west of the Mississippi, that basically said uh, they were going to kill us. So somebody on behalf of that family said they were going to kill me because you basically nailed the mother. Now, in the last, you, you've said what she was hiding and, mm-hmm. and all these different things. The family um, is part of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. They did not want people to know that their son was in an openly gay relationship. I thought that was very interesting when I first got into the case. The rest is history. The whole story is out there. They've and a group have tried to defame me as a private investigator for probably the last 14 months, which is why we opened up YouTube and Rumble. And we're also seen on Rumble, by the way, on Jim Terry TV. So the reason that we did that was so that I could get out my information and show the facts on the cases that I've worked on, because as a private investigator over the last eight years, the business has changed. It has changed tremendously since the pandemic. Oh, first of all, well, I'll tell you why. Okay. You put a bunch of high school kids at home with their parents during a pandemic for two years. They were disappearing left and right. They couldn't run away from home fast enough. Uh-huh. My business exploded over 800 percent during that time. Really? Yes. 100 wow. percent. Definitely. Fathers, uh, husbands not wanting to deal with wives, kids mm-hmm. not wanting to deal with parents, foster kids. You name it. They all ran. And I got calls on that. So that exploded the business. And we had a lot of success with that. The staple case is Gloria Alvarado. Google the Gloria Alvarado case. You'll see that I brought her home and never left my couch. Now, I got my education as a private investigator in Florida, but I also still play a professional sport. I play a sport called arena football. I'm the longest running professional football player in the country. So I could not work. as. I want to talk about that because I'm a retired athlete, too. So so you're still playing arena football. 46 years of age, and we lost in the playoffs this year. I played for Battle Creek. I'm a place kicker. and I So Tom Brady had only thrown th- six passes when I started. Mm-hmm. 
So if that tells you how old I am, no player in the nation has played in as many leagues or as long as I have. Now, we are not the National Football League. We play offset. Yeah, this past have. year, I played in Battle Creek. I played in college, won a national title, and I was a NC2A full scholarship athlete. Okay, wait, where did you play in college? Life. Wait, where did you play I in went college? to two schools. I went to Long Beach in California, mm-hmm. Long Beach City. We won the national title in 95. And then I finished my career at Clark Atlanta University, which is an HBCU. I was the only white student out of 17,000 at an all-black college, which is what propelled me to minority cases as a private investigator. Huh. Okay. So, so was it D2 then or? Yes. The, the, yeah. the okay. NCAA, yeah, D2, because division three does not give athletic scholarships. So right. I was a full NC2A scholarship athlete at Clark Atlanta university in the black college systems in the late nineties. Huh. Wow. Okay. Okay. So uh, that is fascinating. Now are you going to keep playing arena football? I'll play until they throw me out. Yes. Uh-huh. In fact, I mean, I when you're a kicker, up. that that's like the longevity um, spot right there. Yeah, and I was at one time the oldest player in the league. This mm -hmm. past year, I was not. But what's interesting is there was guys on my team in Battle Creek this year that weren't born when I started. Oh, man. Now, did you ever uh, go to NFL camps or anything? Or what's how did that work out? I was, and let me say this because I've gotten hammered with this. Uh, Back in 2009, I had a brief stint with the Denver Broncos. I was with the Denver Broncos, but I was, I never played in a preseason game. There's st- stuff out there that I said I played for them. Uh, why anybody would lie about their athletic uh, prowess is, is beyond me, especially when it's uh-huh. so easy to figure that out. I've gotten cases as a private investigator. A lot of them where women have called me and said, my husband said he played at the university of Tennessee or my boyfriend said he was a quarterback at uh, university of Michigan. Is that true? And then I look it up and it's not. So uh-huh. I've had those cases before. It's impossible to lie. We had some people that were involved with the Arizona adrenaline in the arena league. They had a crossover relationship with the Denver Broncos and that's how I got connected with that that story is widely universal out there oh wow okay okay so let's let's talk about Dylan rounds and then we're going to go into some other cases because this whole Dylan rounds thing when you called me you're like Tracy have you received death threats I was like no why would they call you to do a death threat I suppose they could have called me but they didn't now um because we put you up there Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now how did you get involved with this case? Did the family call you? Is that what no. happened? No, no. I had been doing a big case involving a kid named Jed Hall in Idaho. Some media outlets contacted me. When I say media mm-hmm. outlets, it could be social media outlets. Yeah. Contacted me and said, you should probably get a hold of this family. I did. Oh. The aunt of Dylan Rounds and his grandparents mm-hmm. on the father's side uh, worked with me for a couple of days before sending me. A, I charge a one time up front lump sum fee the only private investigator in the country that does this Uh so i do not work off an hourly retainer because they're missing persons cases i also work for other people uh other attorneys in different states but this is very important i got my private investigating intern license in the state of florida as i was completing the schooling my mom went to school with me she went we did night courses yeah she never actually actively worked as a private investigator, but she did have the intern. So what I did was I found out at the end of the course, you got to work under somebody in the state of Florida for two years. Okay. Two years as an intern. And with my football career, I couldn't take off six, seven months work as a PI. Plus, nobody wants a guy like me to be an intern because they know in two years I'm going to open up a business next sure. door. So what I did is a couple of buddies of mine that were bounty hunters said, you need to go to a state that is very loose on licensing. There are currently, at the time, there were three states that you did not need schooling. Mississippi, Wyoming, uh-huh. South Dakota, and kind of Alaska. Okay. So 
what I did, and then you can work under an attorney in any state in the country and be a private investigator, but you can't advertise your business. Oh, okay. That's where the money. So what I did was it would be like getting a dental degree at University of Connecticut and opening up your business in the Philippines. Mm. I went to Mississippi. I opened up for $25 a fictitious name, and I was ready to go as a private investigator. Hey, Idaho was a fictitious one name. So you, you didn't put your name out there? No. Wow. This is, I thought you would know this. A fictitious name is Toys R Us, uh -huh. Walmart. Okay. A fictitious name means the name of your business. It's okay. Let me put it to you this way. A DBA. Oh, okay. Okay. DBA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the name of my business in Mississippi was Gulf Coast Investigation. Perfect. That is a fictitious name. That doesn't mean I gave a fake name. Right. So it's okay. a little in that state. It's kind of like parishes as opposed to counties in the state of Louisiana and mm -hmm. state of Louisiana. What I did was I opened up the business. I started in the first case I ever worked on was a case involving a professional wrestler named Jake the Snake Roberts. Really? Jake the Snake Roberts' sister went missing in 1979. I worked on that case for free, and it, it really got me involved in this. So I had to go and work in a state that I could work in right away because I couldn't get anybody to intern under for two years, nor was I going to work for 12 bucks an hour with a football career. So right. I went to Mississippi, opened up the business, and was able to work in other states. Now, there's a lot of gray areas with that contacted the family with the, the rounds and the coolies. Mm -hmm. And they said, we think the mom is a total whack job. She's caused problems for our family for over a decade. We want you to find out as much as you can, but do not tell the parents we hired you. That's how I got involved in that case. Oh, wow. Okay. So then what's your first step when you get, when the, 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 you're like, great, you're hired. What's, what do you do first? You pay me. Well, That's okay. Besides important. that, what do you do? You, you cash the check. Then what do you do? Well, some private investigators, what they'll do is they'll, and this is very important for your users, to take a five dollars or $10,000 deposit. Mm -hmm. If you give me $10,000 and I'm charging you $100, $125 an hour, what is my motivation to find your missing loved one as quick as possible? Nothing. You're going to want to draw that out. Mm -hmm. I want it up front so I can get it over with and move on to the next case. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I got paid and then I started looking into it. Every single case is different. Every case I've ever worked in as a private investigator, whether it's a missing person or a missing thing, a car, Super Bowl ring, mm -hmm. involves three things, race, sexuality, and religion. Mm -hmm. That's very, very important. Okay. So the first thing I want to know is who's the kid hanging out with? Does he have a girlfriend? Does he have a boyfriend? What were his habits? Did he have a drug situation? Were people after him? I want to know as much about that kid's life, where he was living and where he went missing, because... A missing person is not a crime. Right now, you could go missing and it's not a crime. People are going to worry about you, uh -huh. but you're allowed to go missing. He was allowed to go missing. So the cops, so the cops didn't do their job. There's no such. Now, later we found out he was probably murdered. But when if somebody first goes missing, the reason that, well, they should be out there looking for my son. You know how many people I have found that I find three months later? And they said, you go back and you tell my wife, I never want to talk to her again. I purposely went missing. Oh. You don't know. Uh -huh. So the resources aren't there for the cops especially in the middle of the desert. So I started looking into this kid's sexuality, his life mm -hmm. and his religion. And that's what got me into it with the family and the major media real quick. Wow. Okay. So then did you fly there and start talking to people or what? Never, never been, uh, never been to the state of Idaho. You I never, never had the chance. I have found people and not left my couch. That's why the Gloria Alvarado case uh -huh. or the Zachary, that's why so many of these cases are, are so interesting. So if you look up Gloria Alvarado, a lot of this can be done by the phone. Now, the kid possibly would either went missing in Utah or Nevada, which are states I'm not legally allowed to work in. Mm -hmm. Idaho does not have a licensing. That's where the family was to hire me out of. Initially, I was not hired to find him. 
I was initially hired to find out as much about him and the people around him and a guy that the family had already said, he's the murderer. Mm -hmm. Well, I got that guy on the phone and I found out when this kid went missing, he was a state away and in a little Caesar's pizza. So I was able to cross him off the list. Uh -huh. Then the family thought what I was doing was good. And they says, okay, let's keep going. The problem is the mother in this case, the one that you looked at, yeah. she, I could tell from the beginning, wanted to be the star in the lead in the case. And when I started looking into her, we were going to clash. Now, that was the woman the family did not want to know they had hired a private investigator for. Oh. And when her and I started to clash. She started releasing private conversations of mine to YouTube creators. Uh -huh. And now we're in a fight. And that's where it starts. Wow. Yeah. Cause she what she had a ton of signs of deception in there. And um it, it was it was pretty it wasn't just obvious to me. Like people people kind of had a feeling, but I'm like, okay, let's look at these little data points. And uh she she's not saying a lot of things. And some sometimes her story didn't even add up because she she kind of alluded to in this friendly interview for Eastern Idaho News or something along those lines, uh, that that the cops had told her some things that she just couldn't get out there well guess what the cops don't tell anyone anything it's not like they have select people that they tell certain things to so that was that was a big red flag right there so you think he's been murdered and how did you get to that no no no, no. at the time i didn't know what happened to oh, him at the time so there was a guy out there in the desert his name was chase fenster he's widely known in this story mm -hmm. by the way i looked into their religion and there's a reason she's only on the east idaho news the Church of Latter-day Saints. Okay. She only does media outlet conversations with groups that are involved in the Church of Latter-day Saints. Now, she's oh, done wow. other media outlets, mm -hmm. but there's a reason she's not on certain shows. She has a very keen way of being interviewed. First of all, she wants the questions up front. She will not take live rounds. You're mm -hmm. not allowed to call up and ask her live questions. So I already knew that she was shady right off the bat just from what the parents had told me and from looking into her. You got to look into the parents. You got to look into everybody. According to everybody, this kid could have got up, walked out of the desert and, you know, started a life somewhere else. So there was one guy that they thought that he had picked up in the desert named Chase Venstra. I was able to they put a twenty thousand dollar bounty on this guy. And I was able to, by calling his parents, realize that he was states away. Now, was he a drug addict and a bad person? Yes. Did he have anything to do with this kid's disappearance? No. But he told me, I says, tell me two things about Dylan Rounds that you knew out there. That nobody would know. Mm -hmm. The first thing he said is the kid's a prick. Oh, okay. There's not just because some, and listen, this is, I get in trouble for this all the time. It's two things I say, and I've said in conferences, I've said it in the media. Just because somebody goes missing doesn't mean they're great people. Right. Gabby Petito from people that I've talked to, okay, was mm -hmm. a total bitch. Okay. Yeah, they, she was, she was that, challenged. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean that she should go missing or have been killed. Mm -hmm. But when people go missing, they become straight A students and great athletes, and they're so loved. A lot of these people go missing because they don't want anything to do with their families. You never know. Right. So just because somebody goes missing doesn't mean they're good students or great people or don't have mm -hmm. a drug problem. You got to be cynical. You got to look into it. Mm -hmm. um, that is very, very important. Okay. So you got to be a little bit cynical. The other aspect is you've got to look into people's lifestyle. What were they into? Mm -hmm. What were they about? And ask the questions that maybe the, will offend the family. Now, we're in a culture now where it's Facebook private investigating. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants, they they might want their kid found, but not if it's going to compromise how they look in the public eye. Oh. My goal is to repo the person as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. If I find out that the reason that your dad disappeared was because he wants to live with a man in San Francisco, 
Doesn't matter. Is it more important of how this looks or to find them? The family wasn't willing to do that because they didn't realize what I was going to find out. So I asked Chase Venster, the guy the family thought was the murderer or mm -hmm. that had something to do with his disappearance. He said the kid was a prick, which means he was confrontational. Mm -hmm. That's important. Because everybody said, oh, he's such a hard worker and a nice kid and everybody loves her. No, there's a lot of people that didn't like him. That's important. Okay, number two, yeah, yeah. Number two, he was in a uh, a sexual relationship with a 60-year-old guy out there okay. named Kurt Wadsworth. Okay. Uh-oh, we got problems. But I, don't, I believe half of what I see, none of what I hear. I made several other calls. My name, and I could send you the flyer, was on the original flyer. I started getting phone calls and asking about this guy he hung around with. This 60-year-old guy who was staying in his trailer. Mm -hmm. The family didn't know about it. That was a red flag. Then more and more people started telling me that this older man was a cross-dresser, that he had talked to young boys online, mm -hmm. and that he was sleeping in this man's trailer for probably 60 to 80 of the last days. I confronted this man. Mm -hmm. I talked to several people in the desert, and that's when I called the grandparents and said, we got to talk. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed probably 20 or 30 people that told me this kid was openly gay or bisexual. Does he have a girlfriend? No. Did he go to prom? No. Did he go to homecoming? No. You ever seen him with a girl? No. 19-year-old kid with money, good-looking kid. He's never had a girl around. Mm -hmm. Then I talked to two uh, hookers at a truck stop that said, oh. they tried to give him a, that said they tried to give him a free one. He wanted nothing to do with it. The family started to get nervous. Hang on. Did I, you go to the truck stop or what? How do you don't just call up a hooker? I mean, what or do you? I don't know. Well, listen, I'm in Vegas. I got hookers everywhere. No. <laughs> but what happened was um, my, like I said earlier, my phone number was on the flyer. I okay. got phone calls. Okay. So I was able to verify the hooker story because there was other people at the truck stop with Dylan Rounds. So they said, yes, those girls were there. They're there all the time. Plus, I talked to two people at the truck stop that knew the lot lizards, the hookers. Uh -huh. So I asked him, I says, well, you tried to give him a free one. How did that go? He wanted nothing to do with us. So I called the family back, the grandparents and the mom and the aunt that hired me. Mm -hmm. And I says, we got to talk. You're either holding withholding stuff from me or you don't know this, but we need to get mom and dad on the phone because it looks like this kid's gay. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not realize at the time how anti-gay the Church of Latter-day Saints was. Yeah. I felt this information needed to be out there. I did a couple of YouTube interviews and videos. The mom confronted me on this. She did not say he wasn't gay or that he didn't have autism or something. And then boom, next thing you know, one of my private calls about two women that were molested in the desert was on a YouTube show. The family tried to send me a cease and desist order. They did not want to have the fact that he was openly gay mm -hmm. out even if it would help find him. By the way, at this time, we don't know where he is. Right. I also told the family to put uh, cameras, deer cameras, out in front of that property because there was a gun and a key fob missing. They would right. not do that. The mother wanted total control. Subsequently, I was paid up front. Another reason mm -hmm. I get my money up front, yeah, yeah. I was ousted. And now I'm in a fight with a mother who has never been one of my clients. Wow. Okay, so then how, how have you gotten to the conclusion that, that you've gotten to on this? What's my conclusion? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I thought you hinted it that he was murdered, but maybe I. Got well, the police wrong. later. I mean, that was 14 months ago. The police have later found and and arrested people. And I only worked on the case for 14 days. Oh, OK. But all the stories haven't come out yet. and They've never found the kid's body. I okay. think that there's still other people involved. And I think the man that he was involved with in the desert uh, sexually and lived with. I think that that man knows. Now, I also looked into the mother. OK. Who is now doing rounds at CrimeCon. She is now a keynote speaker. Is at she at CrimeCon? I've done some stuff with CrimeCon. She's going to be at CrimeCon in Orlando, and they're terrified that I'm going to show up. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, she has done everything that I said. She wants fame and money. She had millions of dollars of liens. Well, CrimeCon doesn't pay anybody. I'll tell you that. I know that for sure. Do they take care of your traveling and your your housing? That's not what they offered me. But was it a guy out? Was it a guy in Utah that offered it to you? Uh, where were they? Uh, crime? No, CrimeCon's an East East Coast uh operation. Okay, because the guy that we found out, Blark or something, Blake Black, mm -hmm. he yeah, um he's out of Utah, and it looks to be Mormon. So I think oh. that's very interesting that she's part of that. It could I don't know how many of these crime cons there are. It's 350 bucks, by the way, to go talk to a woman who should be in the desert looking for a missing kid, not doing interviews near Disney World. That's right. another whole story. Mm -hmm. I have said from the beginning, she wanted to use this as a platform. She wanted to, as long as he's missing, there's money to be made. Mm -hmm. She will not take live calls. She will not take live questions. By the way, she's doing the interview on Sunday because in the state of Florida, you cannot process serve anybody in sun on Sunday. There are so mm -hmm. many businesses and people after her that in on Sunday in the state of Florida, you cannot serve people process. So that's why she's doing the interview on Sunday. I believe that she is being backed financially to go to CrimeCon, and I believe that her bills are being taken care of. Bottom line is she should be out there looking for a kid, not telling people how to find somebody she's never found. Uh -huh. This is her platform and avenue to get. She wants to be the next John Walsh, and I said this 14 months ago, and it's all coming to fruition. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So um, so you're you're off that case. So you were on that case for 14 days. And then did, yes. did the grandparents, they were like, okay, we're done. We don't, we can't do this Never anymore. spoke to the grandparents about it. The mother sent out the cease and desist. Oh. They were so scared of her mm -hmm. that they will not confront her and fight her. Oh. In the last 14 months, I have been right about 100% of what I said about that case. 100% uh -huh. of what I've said has all come out in the wash. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on- And uh, they have on... not found him since. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on uh, on her her move, CrimeCon. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, so uh, okay, you said you hinted at something before, and you kind of it kind of we kind of passed over it real quick because we were talking about Dylan rounds missing Super Bowl rings. Have you found some of those? So a lot of people think the only things that go missing are people. Right. There are things that go missing. I have found RVs. During uh -huh. the pandemic, a lot of people weren't paying on their RVs. Insurance companies would call me and say, hey, we got a $260,000 RV that's parked in some piece of property. There was a lot of people that worked in North Dakota and mm -hmm. West Virginia that were taking these, making payments, and then they would park it on a piece of property. You can't repo it. So I found those. I did get a call for a Super Bowl ring. I was able to locate that. It was an okay. Can you talk about that? That's interesting. I can't give the name of the player. Oh, that's, that's okay. Okay. But, so, okay. so what happened was I, I got a call from a guy who had a Super Bowl ring. Uh -huh. He had played a uh, major college football in Arizona. He was a quarterback. I'll tell okay. you that much. Okay. And his Super Bowl ring had been missing and he hadn't been able to find it. He thought it was somebody. He got a divorce. I called the family and I basically found out that the ex-wife had it and was not giving it back. And then Super Bowl rings, depending on the era, and I don't want to give out because now if I tell you what Super Bowl year it was, yeah. there's only four quarterbacks. You're going to be able to figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. But I was able to track that down for him and he got that back so technically his wife stole it she stole a lot of memorabilia from him uh, i've been contracted to find a lot of different sports memorabilia right now i'm looking for a championship wrestling belt for a professional wrestler named arn anderson uh -huh. uh, i can't give you that one because it's pretty public arn anderson was a wrestler in wcw he was one of the biggest names in the sport his son who recently passed away had a drug problem and i believe that his son took that belt from his father and hawked it in the carolinas 
but he might have hawked it to a private investor or a private collector. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to track that belt down for uh, somebody who wants it, and it means a lot to the family. But the kid has since died, and I was never able to talk to him. That's a case I'm working on right now. So sometimes wow. it's things and not people, and sometimes it's not even things. Sometimes it's just information, like I told you earlier. Did my husband really play at the University of Michigan? Right. No. <laughs> okay, so no. back to this Super Bowl ring. So yeah. you found that the wife had it. Did you just yes. call up the wife and was like, hey, do you have the ring? I mean, how, who who's going to really talk to you? I mean, what's how does that really go? You know who the best people and the most open people are? Kids. Exes. Exes. Oh, so I found out that this woman had been banging guys since the divorce uh, okay. two or three at a time at the gym. I contacted the gym that she worked at. And I'm trying not to say names here because I want to okay. slip out okay. a name. Uh, yeah, so I, I contacted the gym. That's why I'm because I know you're looking at me like, okay, he stuttered. I don't want to give out the name. I don't even want to give out the geographics. Well, no, I kind of said, I don't, I, I, we don't want to compromise all that. I'm just so, curious, like how you got like, I called the what gym happens. and I said, I said, does she still work out there? And they go, no, but her personal trainer is still here. I says, I'm looking for a gym membership and I'd like to work out in the same gym. I'd like to speak with a personal trainer. Uh -huh. Her personal trainer got on the phone with me. And said that she had burned the personal trainer and not paid her fee. Personal trainer was 60, 80 bucks an hour. She had rung up a, a big bill and left the gym. Uh -huh. So they didn't like her to begin with. Right. And they said, but we know a guy that she dated that works out here. Would you like to talk to him? We'll have him call you. About a week later, he calls me. I said, have you seen this ring? Oh, yeah, it's in the top drawer. She showed it to me. I put it on. What? It's oh. at the house. Would you be well? Yes. I called the guy. Said it's in the top drawer. He sent his kids over to her house on the weekend. Because they had split custody. Uh -huh. The kid went to the top drawer, opened it. There's dad's ring in the box. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Uh that's great. That and you and you're doing all this like from the phone. Sure. Like you don't have to show up. Oh man. Okay. I mean, so I have. I mean, I've worked cases where I've showed up, but yeah, that was I mean, I can't go in the woman's top drawer, look right. through her underwear for a Super Bowl ring, but sometimes you gotta outsmart them. Let me give you another one real quick. Okay. There was a and this is one of my favorite ones, and I've got a million of them. There was one with an RV. It was a giant um fifth wheel, they call it. Yep. Could not find it. Each day, the uh, company that had the note on it was losing tens of thousands. The guy worked on a pipeline, so he took the camper, moved it somewhere on a piece of property, and it didn't stay there. Jet skis, campers, get, boats get stolen all the time because you have a private lake. You put jet skis out there, nobody's ever going to know they're stolen. <laughs> Excuse me. So what I did was I found the guy's house. Nobody would come to the door. Went to the neighbors. Nobody could. And now with ring doorbell and everything, it's yeah. very difficult to serve anybody or anything. So what I did was um, I put a piece of tape over their ring doorbell. Okay. They had a dog that was barking in the house. So I knew they were coming back to the house, but it was on a big piece of property. I didn't know where they were entering and they don't have to answer the door for me. They didn't even know who I was. So I found a phone number on them and I kept calling it. Now I've got 10 different phone numbers. I've got spoof cards. I could call what people's caller ID show. And I can show your caller ID or my mom's caller ID when I call my dad. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I called him and the guy picked up the phone. And I says, I'm at your house. I'm here right now. And I describe some things. Just tell me where the camper is. I'll go get it. And they'll let you out of your, your payment to it. They need it back. He wouldn't do it. So what I did was I noticed that the dog would come to the window. It was a little small, unique looking dog. It was a mutt. Uh -huh. And um, kind of fluffy. You, you, you've never seen one of these dogs before. Uh -huh. And it kept coming to the window upstairs okay. and looking out the window every time I'd come to the door. So what I did was I thought, how can I get this guy to tell me where the camper is? 
So I came back two days later, same dog, same situation. So what I did was I pounded, when I pound on the door, the dog would stop looking upstairs, come downstairs and look through the side window next to the big wooden door. Okay. I banged on it, banged on it. Dog comes, there's nobody home, obviously. So what I did was I called the guy. And as I called him, right before I called him, I banged on the door. The dog would bark. When the dog would bark, he picked up the phone and I says, I found your dog's running around outside. He says, what do you mean? He goes, who is this? I said, this is the guy that called you the other day. I have your dog. Here, listen. Uh-huh. I would put the phone. Now the dog's going nuts. Uh-huh. I said, what does my dog look like? Well, I'd seen the dog upstairs and I described him the dog. He goes, do you really have my dog? I said, listen, your dog must have got out of the house. I know you've got somebody coming here taking care of it once a day. Mm-hmm. If you want this dog back, come over here and get it. He goes, I can't. I'm out of state. He says, where are you? He says, okay, do me a favor. There's a gate around back. Put my dog back there. He says, and I'm going to tell you where it is. I says, okay. He told me where the camper was. It was at a storage facility. I didn't even have the dog. The dog never left the house. Right. But you you alluded to that you had a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> a little right, bit 100% he told me where it was I went uh, I actually went to the store it was it only ended up being four miles from his house so uh-huh. I went to the storage facility and it was parked out back I've got you know what I think I've even got pictures with it so it was a it was <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones because uh-huh. it was in the bank absolutely loved me a lot of times rental car companies hire private investigators too because somebody will rent a car, oh, give yeah. it to their son, he'll drive it around. And when the rental car company can't return that rental car, they have to start paying the note on it. And you'll find them at airports or left in mall parking lots. I love doing those. I like working on those way more than uh-huh. I like working on missing persons cases because you have your entire day to find it. And you're not worrying about somebody running. It's people hiding it from you. Right. Those right. are the cases we work. Now, have you ever felt threatened like when you did show up like 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 you needed more protection than maybe what you had? No, I've never carried a gun. Mm-hmm. I you know, and I've had people say, "Well, you're a convicted felon." No, I'm not. I've just never had carried a gun. I do carry a giant buck knife. Um, but I've in a pocket knife which actually gets me into things. But I can tell you that um I've no I'm 6'3", 210 with a pro football background. I right. wish somebody would test me. I don't have a problem with that. Uh-huh. And most people are trying to hide or hide things from me. I'm not a repo man. That's not what I do. I didn't hook the trailer and go. I called local law enforcement and they came down. I've uh, I found a missing kid one time through West Virginia uh, and I found him in a McDonald's. I just called the cops. They showed up and they nabbed the guy he was with and, and got him. So it's not like I ever need to deal with police. I have had more death threats and problems from true crime people on YouTube uh-huh. than I've ever had as a private investigator. I have never had a situation where anybody has shown up face to face and tried me, not uh-huh. once. And I've dealt with um, divorce cases oh. and cheap housewives. Most people just don't want to have their stuff on social media. Your biggest weapon isn't a ca- isn't a gun; it's a camera. What? That's interesting. Um, other crazy cases like that you've worked on. Any celebrity cases you can talk about? Sure. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was a big case. I'm credited in Vice TV's um, Dark Side of the Ring on two different episodes. That's been well documented. Uh, so that was one. There was a baseball jersey of a, a pitcher. I think his name was Bob Forsh. He played eight games with the Houston Astros, and I was able to find his jersey. 
and return it to his his uh, wife, which lived in Wikiwachi, Florida. The family had not had it. It wasn't worth a lot of money or anything. I actually got into that backwards. I'm, I'm looking for some of the pictures now that go along with it. Oh, but so um, I, can, I can tell you that, um, let's see, Bob Forsh was another one. Who are some of the bigger ones that I can tell you about? One of the persons, uh, one of the cases that I worked, um, it was a baseball player and he was divorcing his wife. I won't say his name again. And um, this is a good one. You'll like this one. So here's the deal. He had to prove in his state. Now, as a private investigator, I could work under an attorney and not be licensed. I go to Kansas right now if I work under the attorney. I was working for an attorney in a state in which this major league baseball player, good looking guy, big name guy. You would know him if I said okay. his wife and him were getting a divorce and they had a farmhouse. I love this story. This mm-hmm. is my favorite one. And I had to prove that his wife was cheating. They had a farmhouse that was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and she was going to get it in the divorce. But in their state with the laws, if he could prove that she had cheated, there was marital assets involved. That's all attorney stuff. I had to prove he was, could not prove she was cheating. Good looking lady, just could not. I tried every trick in the book. I looked for her on dating sites. I looked for her on social media. Mm-hmm. I interviewed ex-friends, people in the gym, everything. I couldn't do it. I'm actually at the house that they were going, he was going to have to sign over to her in the divorce. And as I'm there waiting for him to show up hours before he's going to sign the house over to her, there's a guy cursing and swearing in the backyard. Turns out that this guy was emptying the septic tank at this six, $700,000 home. Okay. And it's me and a septic tank guy. Now where I'm from, we don't have septic tanks. Right. So I didn't understand why there was a hose in the ground, but it stunk. Mm-hmm. And he's having all these issues and he's got that big hose and he's pulling it and he's swearing. And I go over to him and now I'm on the phone with the, with the baseball player. I'm like, I can't catch her. Uh-huh. I know she's doing, I can't catch her. So he says, well, meet me there. Nobody ever goes out to this farmhouse. There's nobody out there. I said, well, there's a septic guy here. He goes, who's screaming and yelling? I go, it's him. He's pulling the septic hose out and it's totally clogged. Uh-huh says, what's going on here? Why, why are you swearing? He goes, I have, he goes, look at this. And he reverses the hose and all this stuff comes out of the septic tank. And it was tons of condoms. Oh. Hundreds and hundreds of used condoms. Uh-huh. This is, what, what is this? What is a septic tank thing? He says, this is where the shit goes into. They empty it. Uh-huh. He goes, when you sell a house, you have to empty the septic tank. In order for to pass sort of like emissions. Inspection, yeah. Yes. Okay. See, where I grew up, we never have it. I grew up in Clearwater Beach, Florida. So you have to be able to do that in order for, so I've got to be here. This has got to be done. The house won't sell. Mm -hmm. I condoms. So I called the guy back, the baseball player, and I said, he goes, whoa, 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 what? And I says, they're condoms, hundreds of them. I says, what's wrong? He goes, I had a vasectomy. Oh. (laughs) He goes, I haven't never used a condom. What? Uh-huh. And I said, wait a minute. I says, you're telling me <clears throat> these condoms aren't yours? He says, I've been away from her for three years. Uh-huh. You got to be kidding me. He called his wife, said, Are my private investigator found all the condoms. The black guy that she was bringing back to that house was not a maintenance guy. It's the guy she was banging. They were his uh-huh. condoms. She signed the house over to him like that that night because she didn't want it coming out. The oh. Accepting. So sometimes you back into these things. Right. That guy that guy would buy me a Porsche right now if I caught. So she could not get, so she was done. Pure coincidence, pure luck. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Any other things like that where you just stumbled into 
something that those works. are the ones those are the ones that i remember the most mm -hmm. many of them are very uneventful one of the ones that i bring up all the time involve a guy named uh randy keith o'brien uh -huh. <clears throat> this is a, a good one too just to let you know how dangerous this business is yeah not for me for others uh-huh and this is what was big on the Rolling Stone article. I told Rolling Stone, which did an article on me, that they by doing this, they were going to cost lives. They're really being dangerous by, by doing a story on me and the people that dislike me. Let me give you mm -hmm. an example. Randy Keith O'Brien went missing in Oklahoma, I think just out of Oklahoma City years ago. Mm -hmm. He had several children under the age of 19. I want to say maybe six. Short guy, was in good shape. Had a great job. He was an appliance salesman mm -hmm. at a place there. He was on there. If you Google it, there's missing persons flyer. His half brother called me. He had a house and he just disappeared. Totally disappeared. Nobody had heard from this guy, including his divorced wife. And there's, I think it was six kids, all under the age of like, let's say 20. But the family wasn't paying me. It was the half brother. He was from Oklahoma. I happened at the time to be working under an attorney in the state of Ohio. I had no idea what happened to this guy. I called his parents. His mom was being a little cagey. His mm -hmm. car was also missing. That's important. Usually yeah. if something goes missing, they find the car on the side of the freeway. Something bad's happened. But when you don't find the car, something really goofy is going on. It's more of a chance. So I look for the car more than I look for the person. You find the car, you'll find out what happened to the person or at okay. least where they last were. And it was a Jeep. So what I did was I... I investigate him as much as I possibly could. And I could not find where this guy went. I contacted the real estate agent that he used to list his house. Okay. Real estate agents are like real estate agents, personal trainers, salons, mm -hmm. people gab at these places. Yeah. So I called this real estate agent. And I said, tell me about what he was. He went missing three days after he sold the house. Tell me about, well, he was going, he would go into the attic a lot. What? He would go into the attic a lot every time I was doing an open house or whatever. So you find out these little intricacies. There was a girl that he was always talking with on the phone. He was interested in being a truck driver. She And I, I would call this guy's mother that was missing and say, you ever hear him want to be a truck driver? She also said he was mad at his kids. Mm -hmm. He was mad at his two oldest daughters. He thought they were whores. Oh. And I said, what? So I'm calling the other family members. Now I call his kids. Uh -huh. Our dad worked for the church. He was never this. Did he have a girlfriend? Did he have a boyfriend? Why would he? This guy is obviously. No, he. And people will always do this. The cartel got him. He was murdered. The mob got him. That 99.9. Sex trafficking is a very real thing. Yeah. I have never worked in a case where sex trafficking has been a thing. But every parent that I've dealt with says their kid was sex trafficked. And I got in trouble for saying this. If your daughter is five foot nine and 260 pounds, she wasn't sex trafficked. They're not <laughs> sex trafficking. They're not sex trafficking 300 pound Puerto Rican girls from Kansas City. Right. I'm sorry. It's not how it is. Relax. Uh -huh. Everybody wants to say their kid was sex trafficked. So this is important. Uh -huh. So basically, I have the I asked the father, and he goes, I says, was there anything in this guy's attic? He says, I don't know. He goes, but I go past the, the place every day. Uh -huh. The new owners are in there. I got a hold of the new owners in the house. And I said, listen, you don't know me. But did you know the guy that you bought the house from went missing? People are in their own worlds. Yeah. They had no idea. 
Right. And now they're scared to death. They called the cops. The cops called me. I talked to Oklahoma City police. I think that's where he was, Oklahoma City. And I said, listen, he kept going into his attic. Will you please go up there? Have you ever been to your attic? No. They went up there and they found a box in the, um, what's that pink stuff called? Uh, insulation. Uh, insulation. So they thought I was nuts. They uh -huh. hung up on me a few times. They went up there. Finally, the husband who came home from work to deal with the wife, because now she's scared to live in his house and a guy went missing, like yeah. having a gun. They find a box. Now, he's a missing person. It's not a criminal investigation, so they could call me first. What's in the box? And they said it's job applications. Oh. And also in there is what we believe is a social security number. I ran a social security number and found out that he had applied for a job in Parma, Ohio, okay. which is a ghetto. It's in Cleveland. Okay. So now I've got an area that he applied for a job for months after he went missing. Well, I guess unless the cartel wants you to get a job application. So now what I did was I knew he was in Parma, Ohio. At the time, I happened to be outside of Cleveland, not Oklahoma City. Okay. Now, this is where it gets hairy with a private right. investigator where people say he's unlicensed, he's doing this. They don't know the laws. They don't know the rules. You can't accept a business. So I got a business and a payment from somebody in a state I didn't have a license from in a state that I did on a case that I never went to a state I was unlicensed in. See, people want to get you. It's like it yeah. would be like an attorney in Utah and giving your aunt divorce attorney advice in Texas. You're not working the case, but you're allowed to talk to her. Yeah. So what I did was I narrowed it down and I found his social security number. So now what I did is based on his social security number, I was able to find out that he put in an application for an apartment complex in Parma, Ohio. Oh. But it didn't make sense because here's a guy with six kids. Here's a guy with a beautiful ex-wife that he still has a relationship with his kids, a $250,000 house, a great job, and he would throw it all the way to move to – if I was going to disappear, I'd go to Vegas or Miami. I wouldn't go to Parma, Ohio. Right, right. I called the brother, and I said, listen, I happen to be in Ohio. Do you want me to go to this apartment complex? Uh-huh. He said, uh, yeah. It was a massive apartment complex, hundred, like one of those four or five quads. But what haven't we found? The car. He may be able to hide in an apartment complex with a woman or a man, but that car's still never been found. Right. So on a Sunday morning, I went there very early in the morning. I drove to Parma, Ohio, and I walked up and down and up and down and up and down. You know how they do those feet things? I did over 15,000 steps. Oh, wow. Okay. There it was. The Oklahoma plates on uh -huh. his Jeep. Now the car's there. Right. So there's always what at an apartment complex. And I know what building he's parked out in front of because you're not going to park here and walk 40 blocks down there to the last apartment complex. Yeah. So I have an idea and I've got a picture with him. There's a lady outside with a poodle, must have been 90, talking to everybody. So I walked up to her. Uh -huh. I said, Sam, do you know, do you know Randy Keith O'Brien? Uh-huh. She goes, you mean Randall? He smokes cigarettes out here. I talk to him every day. Uh -huh. I says, you've seen this guy here. When? She goes, no, I don't know. Last night? Uh -huh. I go to the apartment complex number he lives in. Oh, he's on the third floor. So I go, okay, listen, I've got a package. I'll be right back. I go to the car. I call his brother. And I said, listen, does he smoke cigarettes? Uh-huh. Yeah. I says, you never told me that. Well, how do you know he smokes cigarettes? I found his car. I took pictures of the car, the license plate. Now, it's not a law enforcement issue. There's no right. crime here. There's no reason to call the cops. Yeah. We're not going to call the cops for it. 
So I wait outside. You have to be buzzed in. I oh. wait outside till somebody with a dog. And I always would carry a briefcase or something with me that makes it. I didn't dress like this. You put a collar right. shirt, khakis. Mm -hmm. You got a little briefcase that you're holding or a backpack. You look like you belong there. Nobody's going to say, hey, what are you doing here? If I went in there and I look like a drug dealer, they wouldn't let me in. The door opened. I snuck in. I went up to the third floor. And there's his apartment, 325. Uh-huh. So I put my ear to the door and I could hear that there's somebody in there. Now, there's no crime here. Right. What I did was I banged on the door. Uh -huh. I banged on the door and I stood to the side. He opened up the door and there he is. Uh-huh. There's a problem. He might not want to be found. He could have shot me. Yeah. He, he says, are you here for the cable? And I says, no, Randy. I'm here because you're a missing person. Uh-huh. And he gasped. Gasped. But he kept his arm and his hand behind the door. This apartment looked like a dorm. Uh -huh. And I said, you're going to do two things for me, Randy. <clears throat> I'm going to call who he goes, who the hell would even be looking for me? I says, your six children, uh -huh. your, your brother hired me. He goes, you came all the way from Oklahoma. I says, no, I happen to talk to a guy in Oklahoma. I happen to be here in Ohio at the time. Uh huh. I says, but you're going to do me two favors. Bink! I took a picture of proof. I got him. Uh -huh. He doesn't have to come home and I put him in the trunk of the car. He's not a three-year-old. I right. can't bring him back. He's an adult. Uh huh. And um, you're going to call your half-brother and tell him I found you. Uh -huh. But I'm not going to tell anybody else where you're living. I don't have Some states, that's illegal. If an mm -hmm. adult goes missing, you can't say he's on 3rd Street. And then an ex-wife goes there and blows him away with a shotgun. Right. Here's where this gets crazy. Okay. Here's where people don't realize how dangerous this shit is. And then I'm done. Okay. He gets on the phone with his half-brother, and he goes like this. You tell my wife and my kids I hate them. I oh. never want to see my two horses again. Uh -huh. My son's a jerk. I can't stand the little kids. I know she cheated on me. I want nothing to do with the church. I want nothing. To... He blasts his family. Uh -huh. Well, I guess the cartel didn't kill him. So he gives me my phone back. Uh huh. If he took my phone and ran, I'd be able to track him. Yeah. He gives me my phone back. I put it in my pocket. And I go, why did you do this? He goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I hate them. I uh -huh. hate everybody with them. I don't want to pay child support. I don't want to get into it with them. Don't tell anybody where I'm at. I said, I don't need to. You're not a missing person anymore. Randy Keith O'Brien. About three weeks goes by, uh -huh. and I get a phone call from the guy that hired me, his half-brother. And I, he goes, we might need your help. I go, again, what did you do? Now, I got my money up front. That case is over. He's uh -huh. found. He's found. I'm done. So he said, um, it's his son. I says, Randy Keith O'Brien's son. I go, whatever happened to him? I never, he was one of the kids I never spoke to. He goes, he pulled out a shotgun two days ago, and he was so distraught that his father wants nothing to do with him and his family, he killed his landlord. Oh. So here's the point of that story. Okay. Just because you find somebody doesn't mean that the outcome is going to be good. If I never would have found that guy, I always wonder this. And, I, and it, you know, now the family, you could have lied to him and said, listen, he's in Parma, Ohio. Then they're going to have some questions. Uh -huh. Sometimes... The reason these people go missing does not fit the narrative of what the family wants. Same thing with Dylan Rounds. Uh -huh. Same thing with Gloria Alvarado. These are people that didn't want to be found, not Dylan Rounds, but these other ones. Uh -huh. The same thing happened with Candace Howard, which was the focal point in the um, interview. I told the Rolling Stone magazine, do not print this article. I'm telling Telling you, you have no idea. And I told him the Randy Keith O'Brien story. Oh, no, you're a con artist, private investigator, and you're not licensed in this and that. You're a convicted felon. None of that was true. Uh -huh. And they printed this article about a young man who went missing who I knew wanted nothing to do with his stepfather and was abused by his stepfather, allegedly, and there was drugs in the house. 
Uh I said this for 14 months and went to war with this mother and with Candace Cooley. It's Candace Howard and Candace Cooley. I went to war with them and their little groups. They've made Facebook pages, YouTube channels. They've swatted my family's houses. They've created issues that you couldn't possibly believe. People have been arrested over the harassment. Uh About three weeks ago, her son, the one that I said didn't like her stepfather, who I did an interview with, a famous interview, took out a shotgun in Texas and blew him away in which there was a manhunt, blew his head off in front of his young siblings and his mom. Uh. I told you so. So what I'm telling people is this missing persons thing is not what you see on TV. Uh And ultimately you end up fighting with some of the people that you look for because they don't like what you found. Wow. Their loved ones. That is crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay. I could talk to you forever, but both of us got to get back to our days. So tell us a little bit more about how, um, just a, a reminder, how people can find you. We got Jim Terry TV, Roku, Rumble. I don't even know what Rumble is, but Rumble talk- is the YouTube. Rumble is the Republican version of YouTube. You're oh. allowed to talk about the pandemic. You're allowed to talk about the shot. It's vir- virtually the best way to, to, to talk about it is it, it's Donald Trump's YouTube. Rumble is phenomenal. If you want to get stuff out there that might be controversial or not, uh, you know, lean towards the woke environment. You're allowed to say things over there, which with our show, it helps a lot. So the other way is I have a phone number and it's been readily available for over a decade. 813-993-2242. 813-993-2242. I don't do as much of the private investigating as I used to. I actually dissolved my business in Mississippi, mm. but I still continue to work as a private investigator under attorneys in about 15 15- different states oh wow okay so if you want to find someone you know who to call you can call jim it may may work out uh really good and it may uh turn out the outcome could be different than what you think so jim i look forward to staying in touch we got to have you back on the show and thank you so much for coming on truth lies and cover-ups thank you and i want to thank you for what you did for us our highest viewed show in that category was you Oh, wow. We also had uh, we were looking at lie detector people and all that kind of stuff. What you did for our show gained us so much credibility. It was the highest viewed show we have ever had that you came on. And I thank you for that. We really, really owe you a debt of gratitude. And listen, I was almost embarrassed or nervous to call you because I know uh, what a big wig you are. And um, hopefully we (laughs) can use you again because it's almost like you have a superpower. And I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We will do it again. We'll do it again. So, um, all right, let's see. Let me, and listen real quick. I want, I think you're the best looking woman that I've ever seen. Now, by the way, am I lying? Uh, probably. Yeah. (laughs) You have to be. (laughs) 